0: We will look at verses 1 through 11. And we're about to enter into the last week of Jesus before the cross. About half of the Gospel of John is dedicated to this one week. About a third of Matthew is written about this week. In Mark, roughly 40%. In Luke... 25%. 25%. So this last week of Jesus before the cross is covered in all the Gospels. And the, the events of this week are well worth our time and study as we look at our Lord Jesus. And it's known as the Passion Week for obvious reasons. The chief priests and the Pharisees have determined that Jesus should be killed. And these leaders, these Jewish leaders, are seeking Jesus. They want to arrest him, and they want Jesus dead. This Jesus that they so oppose, he must be killed, he must be stopped, because all the people are turning to him. And Caiaphas, the high priest... He prophesies that it's expedient that one man should die for the people so that the whole nation does not have to perish. And he speaks these words as high priest, but it's God who's using his office of high priest for Caiaphas to prophesy. And he doesn't really understand his words. The events of this week in the life of Jesus are in total control of God the Father. So let's read John 12, verses 1 through 8. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? So he said, Not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this day for my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not always have. Here we are, six days before the Passover feast. Jesus comes to Bethany And Bethany is a little village just right near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And there in Bethany, Jesus and Lazarus are being honored. This is a celebration of Lazarus being raised back to life by Jesus. Now we have parties. We have potlucks. We have birthday parties. We have anniversary parties celebrations. You name it, we have celebrations for it. But I have never been to a resurrection party. I've never been part of celebrating a life that has been given back to a person who was dead. This party is probably at a relative's house of Martha, Mary, and and Lazarus. Uh, And Martha's there and she's doing the typical Martha thing. She's serving. Lazarus is there. He's an honored guest at the dinner table along with Jesus. Inner Mary. Mary is there to celebrate her brother's resurrection. But Mary also takes this opportunity, for Mary must worship Jesus. For the truth that Jesus has revealed to her, that he is the resurrection, it's been a few days, and it's starting to really uh, identify with her. She's starting to grasp it, and she must worship Jesus. Jesus. And she will worship Jesus in an unusual way, a very costly act of worship. She brings a pound, perhaps 16 ounces, in a bottle, a flask, and she breaks it open, this uh, container of very precious, strong perfume, and Mary pours this oil on the feet of Jesus. Not a dab on the forehead, which was customary at uh, parties like this or when you got together. She pours the entire pound of Spikenard, the entire bottle, and the fragrance of this oil floods the house. It's probably an overpowering smell. And the bottle of Spikenard, was probably taken from Mary's dowry or at least from her life savings, but cost is not a concern for Mary. She must worship her Lord with her entirety. Mary is breaking all the customary rules of etiquette there in this Jewish home. There would be usually a washing of the feet of the guest by the lowest servant in the the house, probably a young girl, and this was done before the meal, not during the meal. But Mary, she doesn't have a towel with her, so she wipes the feet of Jesus' feet with her hair. A Jewish woman never let her hair down in public. That was just a social no-no. You didn't do that. So Mary breaks another rule of etiquette in her worship of Jesus. For Mary to humble herself at the feet of Jesus, it wasn't uncommon for Mary to do this. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39, we find Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus As he teaches. Martha. She's off serving. But Mary is absorbed. At the feet of Jesus. And she's hanging on every word of his teaching. In John one chapter back. We find Mary. Falling at the feet of Jesus. When Jesus comes up from the Jordan to Bethany. And Martha. Also questioned Jesus, but Mary fell at Jesus's feet a very humbling attitude of heart Of Mary before the Lord and now here we are in verse 3 of chapter 12 And Mary anoints the feet of Jesus And she wipes his feet with her hair What a word for us like Mary, we need to find a true place of worship for our Lord. I can't tell you how to find that place. Mary found her place, and but to seek a way to humble ourselves before the Lord, even sit at his feet is for our benefit. But Mary's worship finds criticism. Judas Iscariot, and notice how Judas is described. Simon's son who will betray Jesus. John identifies Judas. Judas has a complaint. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? And that was over a year's wages. So if we put it in today's terms, that's probably a $100,000 worship going on there by Mary. And Judas wants to know, why wasn't this sold and the money given to the poor? But verse 6 tells us Judas, he didn't care for the poor. And John gives us insight and he tells us Judas carried the money box for Jesus and the disciples. And Judas was a thief another character flaw of judas judas a thief and a traitor yet he was numbered with the disciples judas sees this possible money that would have came into the money box he sees it as a loss of revenue he would pilfer the money box and he sees it being wasted. This, this fragrant oil being wasted on Jesus. Understand this. No gift to Jesus in worship is ever wasted. Jesus didn't care for the poor. And what we do with our monies is a reflection of where we are spiritually. Spiritually where our heart is. Our giving is a way to bring our daily lives into worship of Jesus. We get to give the fruit of our labor. Part of the fruit of our labor, we get to give to the Lord. Judas, he cannot enter into this celebration of Lazarus. He cannot rejoice with Martha and Mary But he finds fault with Mary, and he finds fault with their extravagant worship of Jesus. But notice, Jesus defends Mary. He doesn't find fault with her worship, and he says to Judas and the others, let her alone, let her be. She has anointed me, Worship me for the day of my burial. And Jesus then said, and by the way, the poor are always with you. That's comforting. We'll always have the poor. (laughs) But Jesus said, you don't always have me here physically with you. Today, here in our little fellowship, we have opportunity to worship. We come together to worship. So for us we need to take a page out of Mary's book. We need to demonstrate our worship if nowhere else in our hearts the way Mary did. Mary worshipped Jesus in a costly, very costly manner. She went into her savings, most likely into her dowry. And she's giving a very costly gift of worship to Jesus. And she pours it on Jesus' feet. Now that would seem like, why do that? But she's giving sacrificially to her Lord. And when she's criticized by Judas, Jesus defends her. Isn't that nice? I mean, I like that. Jesus defended Mary's worship. This morning, we're going to partake of communion. Communion is an act of worship. That's all it is. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, as we partake of communion, let it be from the heart. You know, without big fanfare or anything else, let us remember <laughs> That Jesus told us, do this in remembrance of me. Let me get you to stand, please. Lord, we looked at Mary in her worship of you. Criticized by Judas and other disciples, Lord. But, Lord, you looked upon it as true worship, and you received her worship. And, Lord, may each of us find a place of worship in our hearts for your goodness. Lord, whether that be simple or whether it be sacrificial, let us find that place of worship before you, Lord. Mary found that place. And you told us that she'll be forever remembered for her worship of you in that way. And, Lord, we want you to remember us as our heart goes out in worship to you. Receive our worship, Lord. Receive our praise. We want to bring you glory and honor, Lord. And that's why we gather in your name. That's why we're here as a group of believers to worship you. So receive our worship, is our prayer. And we praise and thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.